This is BTS with CTV behind the scenes, behind the stories we bring you from the CTV Vancouver newsroom. My name is Penny Daflos and I'll be your guide behind the curtain to the harassment and even assaults broadcast journalists sometimes face. Can you tell us anything about Rocky? Yeah, he was a nice guy and I guess he was up, but get off my property. The latest viral example is one you've probably seen with journalist Alex Borzagian reporting live on a community run in Statesboro, Georgia, when one of the runners smacked her on her rear end, leaving her speechless. Also dress up in costumes for this bridge run, um, so it's very exciting. It's very exciting. CTV News videographers have documented defense of newsmakers before. With their cameras and even themselves physically attacked on rare occasions. Then there's the ongoing issue of... Which was once a near daily occurrence. We knew first It has subsided in recent years but still happens and is something we just hope doesn't happen on the air. While some might dismiss situations like this as trivial, it's profoundly frustrating and upsetting to those of us who experienced it, all while we're just trying to do our jobs. I'd like to start this podcast with my colleague Shannon Patterson because we have both experienced what this reporter experienced at that run. Um, I was at the Celebration of Light fireworks display several years ago now, probably seven or eight years ago, set up, ready to do our live hit at 1130 because that's when our late show runs um, after the fireworks. And you're standing there and you're just kind of chit-chatting with your camera person and your truck op at the time. And, you know, there was crowds and crowds of people walking by. And so we were... Uh, just trying to stay aware of what was happening around us, but there were also so many police that I, it's not like I felt unsafe or anything like that. And the clock was ticking, we were getting close to airtime, and all of a sudden, someone smacked me on the butt, like, hard. And I didn't know who it was, it was a group of guys walking to my left side, I couldn't even tell which one, and they were laughing. And I was so shocked, I was just speechless, I didn't even know what to say. And I didn't say anything to my truck up because the fellow who was doing it at the time is a lovely person and so protective of reporters that I thought that he was going to seriously assault the guy that did this and I couldn't have even pointed at which one anyhow so I just sat there and I just had to kind of swallow it and I was so rattled from my live hit I don't even know what the look was on my face but it was just so rattling like I I don't even know how else to describe it and I was just so caught off guard and and angry that I didn't say anything to him but like who was it It, the whole thing was just incredibly frustrating rush of emotions and then you've got to be calm and collected moments later when you go live on tv and that's exactly what happened to me as well mine was uh longer ago even I it was just starting out here it was probably like 2003 2004 and uh like you big crowd this time it was a post Canucks game and it was at 11.30, and there were crowds of people leaving. I think it was a Canucks victory, and I was getting ready for a live hit at 11.30. And sometimes they like us to have crowds behind us for these live hits, or else they're kind of pointless if there's nobody behind me. And so there, there were some Canucks fans behind me, kind of cheering and rowdy and loud. And it was probably about 30 seconds to air, and I felt a hand grab my ass. And I immediately knew what it was, and I turned around, and I got a glimpse of the guy, as he was walking away, because God knows he wasn't going to keep standing there. He knew that I'd seen him. And uh, unlike you, I wasn't silent. I screamed him at him to F off, and I gave him the finger. 
um, a very human reaction. I mean, I think <laughs> most women would have done that in the same position. Yeah. Um, I wasn't on air. It obviously did not make air. I would not have done that had I been on air. Uh, I can't imagine the reaction of that poor woman in the States who had this happen on live television. And what kind of reaction should she have? How can she prepare for that? For me, I was, like you, preparing to go live when this happened. And um, uh, somebody in the control room later told me that I shouldn't have told him to F off or gave him the finger because I'm representing CTV, even though I wasn't on television. Um, I disagree with that. And I don't regret how I reacted. It was a human reaction because that man had no right to touch me in any part of my body, let alone a private part of my body. Uh, he may have thought I was on live TV. It was close enough to airtime that he may have thought that I was actually broadcasting. I may have been rehearsing, I don't recall. So. Uh, no, I, I reacted like a human being would. He had no right to, to touch me. And what frustrates me so much about what happened out of the States is the reaction from some people who uh, are defending the youth minister who slapped this woman's ass during live television, who say it's, quote, not a big deal, um, that she should lighten up, uh, that it should just be brushed aside. And I would ask those people, if she was a nurse at a hospital, did she have the expectation that her ass would get grabbed. What if she was a mail carrier? Can you walk up to your female mail carrier and slap her in the ass? Is that okay? Female or male, I don't think it ma it really matters, quite frankly. I don't think very many men would find that welcome if they're just on their job, on the job, doing their job, not bothering anybody, not, you know, trying to get involved with anybody else. They're just there trying to do their job. I don't think anybody would welcome a slap on the butt or, or grabbing them or anything else. Like, t really tell me that you'd really appreciate that from a stranger. I don't believe it. And the idea that because she's a reporter, it was almost laughed at. That, oh, well, pff, lighten up. So what? It's not a big deal. It's not an assault. Would it have been an assault if she was in a different job? I think people look at it differently because of what we do for a living. And I'm sorry, that's bull. I am doing a high-stress live television job. I do not expect to be touched or slapped anywhere. And I am so glad criminal charges were laid in that case. I'm glad that she didn't back down, despite all the online hate that she's getting. I'm so glad her station is backing her. And I don't accept that man's apology. I don't. I don't think it was genuine. I think he's in damage control mode. And, you know, being a youth pastor, his reputation is in tatters. But I don't think that that's just a, it could have been a spur of the moment decision, but I think it actually speaks to a deeper character if you're willing to do that to somebody seeing that they're on the job. I don't know too many men who I think would do that. And for people to think, oh, momentary lapse, give him a break, not a big deal. I, I just, I don't know any of my colleagues here who would do that. I know my husband, your husband, the, they wouldn't ever cross their mind to walk up to any woman on the job and slap them in the ass and think it's funny or acceptable or would just be brushed aside. He's facing criminal charges. He deserves to be. I hope it's followed through in the court system. And uh, I hope there are repercussions for him. And I'm sure he is sorry. But if you do it in that moment, it says something about you. Uh, mentioning charges, there was another incident that you were involved with, which I think is actually a lot scarier on the job, um, that there were no charges ultimately laid. And, and I'm baffled because uh, one of our camera operators was assaulted by somebody that you'd been um, just going to simply talk to for a story and things just really took a turn out of nowhere. We probably all remember the Rocky Rambo case. He's charged with murdering a Vancouver couple in their home. This was a couple of years ago when charges had just been laid 
and we found out the home he'd been living in when he was arrested and we knocked on a door along with another media crew just to see if anyone inside wanted to say, tell us what happened. Um, what can you say about this suspect? And a man answered the door and made it very clear he didn't want to speak to us. And so we left. We backed up and we're walking off the property. And for some reason, he, after slamming the door, opened it back up a few seconds later and charged at us. And he first went after the global camera and he managed to rip the camera out of his hands and slammed it on the ground, breaking it. He then went after our camera. Um, I had a female camera operator at the time and she managed to hold tight to the camera, but she was pushed and wrestled to where she sort of fell to the ground as well. Uh -oh. Break those right now. Hey, don't do don't. anything. Hey. 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 It was very scary. Um, it happened very quickly. I was on the phone to 911 before he was even finished with the assault. And I was screaming at them that we're under assault, that we needed to get police here immediately. I didn't know what he was gonna do. I didn't know if he had a weapon. Um, he clearly didn't matter to him if he was attacking a man, if he was attacking a woman. Uh, both of the f reporters who were there were female. And so he um, didn't ever end up facing charges from what we can see. And we did follow up on it a few times. And I'm not really sure what happened there, but it is scary. Um, if you don't want to be on camera, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like saying that to everybody out there, it's okay, like just say no and we'll leave. But there are people that do want to speak to us. There are people that want to share their stories. We don't know until we ask who those people are. I see 99.9% .9 of the time reporters be respectful to people to walk up, ask, do you want to speak to us? If the answer is no, that guy slammed the door and went back in his house. We were leaving. We were done. Like we were walking off the property. I don't know why he came back out. But yes, this does happen to us from time to time. It is scary. And uh, it's just part of the job, unfortunately. And in that case, this this friend of Rocky Rambo, Wayne Cam, accused of, of killing an elderly couple, just a... Uh, out of nowhere, it was just a, a really shocking uh, double murder. He actually made the news by attacking you. That became newsworthy that, that you were just there doing your job and trying to gather for the news. Had he just closed the door, said, I'm not interested and closed the door, that would have been it. But instead, he ended up being in the story because he attacked you while you were trying to do your job. And he was arrested. Police did come and he was arrested. So yeah, all he had to do is say no. So if you don't like the media and there are people out there that don't, just say no. We're people, we understand, we get lots of no's. Me and Penny are used to no. <laughs> we really are, I can verify that. Yes, we, are, we can take the rejection, it's okay. Um, so yeah, no, that was a little scary. Um, I still unfortunately get a lot of the effort in the P, I think what people know what that means. Yeah, that's a phenomenon that, you know, really reached its height a few years ago. I remember it was during, um, at one point, a Canucks playoff run a few years ago. And so we were out just doing streeters, these man on the street interviews where you just go talk to people, you know, oh, how'd they do tonight? Are you optimistic about the playoffs? Blah, blah, blah. And three times in one night, just like with young drunken dudes out on Robson Street or wherever we were doing the streeters, it was around uh, Rogers Arena actually and Robson Street. Three times I had that yelled towards us. One of one time, it actually made an impression on me that it was um, it was a small group of guys, and one of them came up to me and apologized, and then gave his friend crap for even thinking that that was funny and yelling that at us. So clearly, not everybody thinks it's funny, but that was a phenomenon that went on forever, and I'm I haven't had it in probably a year. 
um, and just kind of like off to the side, like not anywhere near the camera, but it does still happen. Oh, it happened to me uh, not that long ago. Uh, if you remember the verdict in the Andrew Berry case, the Vancouver Island father who killed his two daughters, he was convicted not that long ago. Uh, I was outside court speaking to a good friend of the mother of those poor little girls who died. And during this very heartfelt, tearful interview. Uh, their aunt is a, Sarah's aunt is a close friend. She has a lovely place at Shawnigan Lake. And so uh, I was fortunate to see the little girls over at Shawnigan Lake in the summer. I heard it. A man screamed it. And this wasn't very long ago. I've had it screamed at me during a live report about a tragic hit and run where a young boy was killed in Surrey. And I saw out of the corner of my eye this truck coming and this guy screamed it. It was audible on air. I heard it when I went back and watched it. Um, I truly do not understand why people do this other than it's a way to demean and demoralize and insult journalists. And they think it's funny. They think that our job isn't serious or that we don't deserve respect when we're working. It infuriates me. It's disgusting. And I would love to sit down and talk to someone who shouts that. I really would. I'd love to ask them, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. Well, the guy in Toronto, I don't know if you remember that city TV reporter, um, she ended up confronting him and he ended up losing his job. It turned into a big thing. And some people felt that that was unfair. Well, you know what? Again, this person's you're harassing them on the job. You're putting yourself in the public eye. And unfortunately, sometimes the camera is an idiot magnet. You know, people are encouraged and actually emboldened to do stupid things in front of the camera. Most people think, oh God, I don't want to do anything stupid and get caught on camera. But then you've got people at the opposite end of the spectrum that that's why they do it. And it's just like a clarion call that they hear from afar and somehow it draws them over to be idiots. I find a lot of the F her right in the P is non-camera. They do it because it's not on camera, but it's audible. They do it when they know there's a live microphone. So they want it to be heard, but it's like a run and gun. And so, oh boy, I wish I could confront one of them and I would if I saw them. But uh, it is difficult on live TV to go, wait a second, I'll get back to you in a second, Scott and Mijung. Let me go yell at somebody who's just said this to me. We're professionals, we have to keep going. Just like that reporter in the States, she kept going. I mean, she had a very human natural response and I just, I immediately put myself in her shoes and how it's a hard enough job to be on live TV as it is. And you know what? Up to the point where she was slapped on the ass, I didn't like the behavior of the other people either behind that, that kept waving their hands in her face and kind of making stupid, like, just, just don't do that. Like I, my, my plea to everybody out there, please just, she's doing a job. You can smile or do a little peace sign or a wave, but don't be a jackass because there's a camera running, especially when you see a reporter, male or female, young or old, trying to do their job. Don't make it harder. Like, A, remember you're on camera and uh, it didn't work out very well for this youth minister, but just also just be a nice person. And that reporter, she's somebody's mom and sister or mother and aunt, and she's a person and she's just doing her job and she just doesn't need that. He doesn't need that. Same thing. We actually had effort right in the P happen to male reporters many times in our building, which makes no sense at all. But uh, yeah, my, my message would just be don't be a jackass. Scott Roberts and Mi Jung Lee join me now because you guys have been in the field for a long time, even though you're not too much these days, but you have some pretty um, 
I would say alarming examples of harassment and even assaults out in the field. And Mijung, yours is one I remember just as a young reporter and thinking, my God, what would I do in that situation? It was back in the days of Occupy Vancouver at the Vancouver Art Gallery. That's right. I was doing a live hit into the six o'clock show and uh, I was about to do the live hit. It was at the art gallery. There's tents everywhere. There's people, protesters roaming around. And there was a guy sort of I could see out of the corner of my eye lurking behind me. And of course, as soon as I went live. So Mijang, how soon could the city have the injunction? Well, the lawyers for the city will I'm be in court to tomorrow. And Turn off your TV. Do your you own what? research. I have a Don't chance to uh, freedom of expression you're as well, talk, okay? So let me just life. move on with what I have to say. And I was, you know, the, the it was going on. The, the camera was still rolling. We were still live into the show. So I just... I think I just turned around and said to him, look, now you've said your piece. It's it's my turn to talk. And it's funny, sometimes people, when you just confront them, when you confront bullies, yeah. they just they just back off. Of course, the voters go to the polls. Stop listening to their so lies. What, we, what does or doesn't happen here at Occupy Vancouver could play a role. It's just in a how lie. Whatever she tells you is a lie about what's going on here. I'm all done now, so you can move on. Okay? Okay. I'm okay. I don't think he was expecting to be <laughs> confronted. Well, you have to roll with it as a reporter, mm-hmm. too. I mean, it's happening. It's part of the story unfolding. So yeah. I guess you give him the chance to say what he wants to say. If he's going to be disrupting the show, yeah. and that's sort of what you did. Exactly. It, it was already disruptive. I let him finish. It, you know, he didn't go that much longer, or I just jumped in. I said, okay, you've had your moment. Now it's my turn to talk. And he did stop. <laughs> he did stop right away. And I think part of it is because he realized how he was in your personal space. I remember how close he was to you. Did you feel in danger at that point? Or was it more the um, you were just kind of verbally engaged with him as opposed to feeling physically unsafe? I, I didn't feel physically unsafe because the cameraman was there. He was shooting the live hit. There's people all around. I think it would be different if we were in a more isolated setting. So I didn't feel physically um, at risk. But it's a little unnerving when someone's yelling at you and as you know as reporters you're trying to focus on what your the message is and to have someone just try to rattle you like that it can be unnerving well and scott your example actually got purely physical i'm, I'm stunned to hear that this actually happened yeah i was uh it was when i was reporting in edmonton and i can't remember what it was what court case we were covering but an accused had come out of court and uh, we had our camera guy there, and we, you know, were, were firing a few questions at him. And um, he took a swing at me, missed me, tried to hit me in the face, ended up punching me kind of in the stomach. And then he grabbed our camera and threw it to the ground. So that was, um, yeah, pretty alarming. I was pretty young at that point. Um, but, you know, yeah, the verbal harassment, you, you sort of get that a lot in this business because we... You know, part of our job is to confront people who've done bad things. And, you know, in most cases, they don't want to talk to us. Um, but, yeah, the, the physicality of that one definitely, you know, took me aback. I don't think you ever prepare yourself for that when, when you're working. I mean, you know, most workplaces don't get physical like that. So, nor should they. And, and we've seen examples of that recently with many women in the field. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty surprising. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't hurt or anything. It was fine. I was okay. But, um but you yeah. were attacked on the job. I think that's what people have to realize is that maybe someone can see themselves in a circumstance where, oh, I don't want a camera in my face. But that doesn't mean that you get to hit somebody and assault them at their workplace, which is essentially what happened to you. And it's just completely, 
it, you can't accept that for anybody. We wouldn't accept it for a nurse. We wouldn't accept it for a construction worker or a flagger or anybody else who can sometimes face irate people. It's just unacceptable. And I think sometimes we brush that off maybe because we get used to that. I mean, I guess maybe we get used to the negativity a little bit because of the nature of the job. And like I said, you know, we tell stories about things that, you know, are, are pretty awful sometimes. And we have to speak to people who've done some pretty bad things. So I think we get maybe we get used to or maybe numb to some of the negativity that we face from those types of people. So we don't take it as seriously because, you know, I don't remember being overly affected by that. Um, and I'm affected right now, listening to it right now. That's uh, yeah. that's crazy to me. <laughs> I know. I guess I guess you just um, you just normalize it. That's um, true. You know? But I think people uh, should know that if you attack someone's camera, that's our property. They, there can be criminal charges. Like you can't just grab someone's camera. Mm-hmm. And I know in the past. I mean, it hasn't happened to me, but I know at uh, in the past in Vancouver where cameras have been attacked or pulled you know, we can pursue charges against mm-hmm. that person. I don't know if there were charges in your case. I, or- I don't recall if, if, if the network ended up trying to go after the guy for that or not. I, I don't remember. But um, but there have been cases where we have. I know that for sure. And sometimes it's really bad people that we're going after. And our, our camera operators, I think, are among the best in the business. And they're fearless when it comes to confronting uh, Mijang. I'm even thinking that case uh, with Reza Mozami that we had one of our camera operators chasing him around the block. This is someone who was later convicted of human trafficking. But it takes a certain type of... You're right, Scott. I think you have to put aside and kind of minimize it in your brain just to be able to do that kind of work to go after sometimes very bad people, sometimes sort of bad people. But we have to pursue those people uh, regardless just sometimes even just to get answers well and I think that's part of it I mean sometimes people don't understand why we have to why we have to question these people why we have to get images of them but it is important it, you know it's, it's part of the story and you know you need to see these people and in most cases they need to answer to some of the allegations that have been made against them and you know it's part of our job to do that and and you know in public these people don't have a right to privacy um, you know, they have a right to, we have a right to know what, what they have to say about a story. And we have the right to get their image. It's important to see these people. You know, when someone's been accused of human trafficking, it's important that we show who, this, who they are. Exactly. And if people don't want to, you know, not many people want to talk in these kind of situations. So that's when the reporters have to go the extra mile. That's why we knock on the doors of mm-hmm. people's houses. Some people question why we do that. Yeah. But how else are we going to get or at least try to get that person's side of the story. Yeah, they're not going to come to us. I mean, that's the thing. Bad people aren't going to come to us and call up and say, hey, I can't wait to tell you my story. And I I do think, yeah, sometimes people don't realize why we have to go to the lengths that we have to go to. And some people may say, well, you deserved it. You walked into that. Uh, You got what was coming to you. But, you know, these people don't come to us. We have to go to them. And that's, that's part of the job. And most of the time, it's not confrontational. You ask people, what, what are your responses to these allegations? I, that happened to me just a couple of weeks ago with a, a case where a young woman was hit not by one a pedestrian, by not one, but two different uh, drivers. You go when you ask them, what do you have to say in response to it? Most people just walk away. And that's just the way you, it's typically handled. We're not going to get right in someone's face. We give them a few feet. They can easily walk away from us. It's not like we're setting ourselves up for a big confrontation. That's not something that we want because we don't want anybody to get hurt, our, our own coworkers or, or the person that we're trying to talk to. And frankly, that's not a great way to get answers either. I mean, you never start with confrontation. You start yeah. with being polite 
and you know, say, saying who you are, I'm a journalist, and, and we have some questions for you, and we'd like to know A, B, C, D, because you're never going to get anywhere by starting with confrontation. But as we know, it can, it can quickly escalate to that. Okay, you know, you have your right to freedom of expression, so do I, okay? So thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on BTS with CTV, and I hope you'll check out my colleague Binder Sudgeon's Lady at the Ledge podcast, combining politics, current events, and Binder's smart and sassy take on the big issues of the week. Is there a topic you'd like me to cover on a future episode of this podcast? Email me, bts at ctv.ca, and if you like what you heard, please subscribe for more insights, tidbits, and the stories behind the stories. I'm Penny Dathwas.